You are listening to the Book Your Dream Clients Podcast, bite-sized episodes from one coach to another to help you create and scale your business with simplicity. No hustle required. Welcome back to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. Today, we're chatting with Dr. Amanda about money blocks. Do you ever feel like there's something in the way of building your business? Is it difficult for you to get to the next level? And does it feel frustrating because you're trying so hard? No worries, you're normal. This episode is going to help you so very much. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm really excited to have you on today. It's so great to be here, Lindsay. Thanks for having me on. Yes, absolutely. Why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself and we can just go ahead and dig in. All right. My name is Dr. Amanda. My company is NFA and I help online entrepreneurs ultimately heal their relationship to money so that they can be successful in their business. How did you get started with this? Oh, it was a long winding path. Uh, as always, I love hearing entrepreneur stories because mm-hmm. it's such a long winding road and you get places you never really thought you would when you started, or at least that's how it's been for me. I thought when I started, I was going to be a relationship coach because I had ended my 15 year marriage, having an affair. And then my next relationship was completely falling apart. And really my personal growth and development journey started when I was laying on the floor crying one night after, you know, I had my, my partner was moving out and he had all of his, you know, like furniture set up in the basement. So he had moved it out. And so here I am sitting on the floor, looking out at this empty basement and I got this horrible email from my ex-husband and I started just crying (laughs) and I was like, huh who is the common denominator or what is the common denominator here? And I realized that it was me. And so, you know, in that crying state, I said to myself, I, I got to do something different. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to shift my reality because I don't want to have broken relationships anymore. And so that led me to listening to podcasts. And I started by just listening to podcasts every moment that I possibly could. And it was relationship focused. And What I realized after a period of time of listening to podcasts is that they were all created by coaches. And I thought, what the heck, maybe this coaching thing could be something I could do. So, you know, at the time I had three kids, I was in grad school and I had to go on food stamps because I didn't have enough money to pay for groceries, rent. I was really freaked out. And I, as I was listening to podcasts and implementing everything I was learning, it started to work. And then I thought, you know, I don't like what's going on in my department um, where I was at school at the University of Colorado Boulder. There was all this stress because we had, you know, national news fallout and professors were leaving and my, you know, my friends who were applying for jobs weren't getting great offers. And I thought, okay, what if I just take the leap and become an entrepreneur? So I did it. And in the first year I went six figures and there were so many twists and turns. You know, I started thinking I was going to do help people with relationships. And when I would go to networking events, it was all filled with entrepreneurs. And what I came to realize is that I could help entrepreneurs with any of their unconscious blocks that they didn't notice that they had going on. And as I started working with people, I always had them do what I call money stories, because that was where I started my, my money transformation. 
And it led me to now being known as the money healer, because I always worked with people on their money blocks. And I started to see patterns across the board of what those were. And so now, you know, people come to me, of course, for unblocking all kinds of different unconscious belief systems that are keeping them stuck. And it always leads to more money. And so that is how I developed NFA money as my business. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It shows um, that not everyone just decides to come up with an idea and it magically works. You have to <laughs> kind of do the dirty work first and go through things in order to help other people. So thank you for sharing that with us. Talk about money blocks. Some people might not even know what that is. What is a money block? Yeah. You know, I think about it at first. I developed it from uh, thinking about where people get stuck. And I came up with this term called competing commitments, because what I kept seeing over and over again was where people would say they wanted something, but then it wouldn't happen. They would say they want something. They wouldn't take action. They would say they want something and they would procrastinate. They would say something they wanted something and imposter syndrome would hold them back or shiny object syndrome, all the doubts and fears that kept them stuck. And so in competing commitments, it's because you have 95% of your subconscious belief system that believes something that's limiting you from getting to the 5% you say you want. So it's your conscious and your unconscious battling against each other. And so money blocks are just money-based competing commitments where you have these overwhelming, negative, fearful, stuck, limiting beliefs about money that you probably don't even know you have but you say that you want to build a successful business or you say that you want to make more money in your life. So a money block is in the easiest way to think about it. You know, you have a money block if you don't have the amount of money you want in the bank, or you don't feel good about money in general. And this can show up really in a, I'd say kind of a sneaky way where you think like, oh, I love money. I love money. I don't have any money blocks. And then you start to dig into it and you go like, oh, that's a money block. So sales fears are money blocks. Not charging what you're worth is a money block. Believing that wealthy people are greedy jerks is a money block. Working really, 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 really hard to make the money you make is a money block. And so they show up in a lot of different ways. And, and I really enjoy how it's easy for me to detect quickly what's going on for people in their limiting beliefs by the way that they think and talk about money. So that gives me a tool to help them see what's going on in their unconscious belief system so that they can raise it to their conscious awareness and then shift their actions in a new direction to get different results, which equals more. I love how you said competing commitments. That's, that's genius. And it's such a great way to describe it. I work with a lot of coaches who are just starting and they can get so frustrated when they've done all of the work, they've done everything. And why isn't it working for me? When a student referred to it as, I feel like I'm just shouting out into a void and no one's paying attention. Yeah. I know you're not having a conversation with her right now, but what could you say to someone who is feeling that way? Yeah, that's a, I hear that a lot for people. And I, I think part of the problem there is that especially coaches have been, there's so much information out there about what to do to build your business. And it leads to a lot of confusion and, and, and really shiny object syndrome where they go, I got to do this and I've got to do that. And I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And then everything in their energy gets very scattered and they feel in conflict most of the time, like I'm doing this and it's not working and I'm doing that and it's not working. And so one of the reasons that comes up for people is a scarcity mentality and 
in a lot of ways, imposter syndrome. So, you know, I'd say to that person, you know, what are your fears around doing exactly what you want to do in your business? And where can you make the quickest money possible fast? Because most of the time people measure their business success through their financial success in their business. You know, are they getting Mm -hmm. ROI? Are they profitable? If they're not profitable, it's usually because they have way too much scattered energy going on and and scattered direction. So, you know, but when people are pre-six figure, they really really need to narrow their focus. So I, I always tell my clients, narrow your focus to expand your freedom, narrow your focus to expand your financial freedom. Right. And that's because most of us try to take on way too many things. It burns us out and we believe we should be working hard. And we've been told by everybody that entrepreneurs have to hustle and grind and work really hard. And so we buy into all of those stories and it causes money blocks around us feeling like we've got to do it all in order for us to succeed. And so people get really burnt out and then they're not financially successful. And then they question whether they should be doing their business at all. Exactly. It's well, I set it up. So why isn't anything happening? And then they give up and I always ask them, well, what's the other option you can, you can give up or you can keep going, but then you talk about, you know, there's that scarcity mindset. What I, I, I can spot somebody who has a scarcity mindset a mile away. What are your, what are your instincts when it comes to scarcity mindset? What are some signs of that? Definitely overworking is one of them because usually what people do, it it sounds counterintuitive, but it's like when they have the belief that they got to work hard to make money, that's based in scarcity thinking. And the reason they think they've got to work hard is, is the reason they are working hard is because they think they have to do it all because of FOMO, like fear of missing out Mm -hmm. or proving themselves. And so they're like, I've got to be here and be perfect at it. I've got to do this and be good at it. I've got to take on all of these things that I see. Usually a coach they're modeling that's 10. 10 years ahead of them in the game, or let's say five to 10 years ahead of them in the game. And they're like, oh, but they have, you know, their every platform they have on social media is huge. And they've got a whole bunch of followers and they've got 50, you know, they've got five online courses and they've got this and that and the other, I've got to do all that. And so they take it all on. And so part of that instant awareness for me of, of, scarcity thinking, which almost everybody struggles with is them overworking. So my main way, you know, is like, Hey, do you feel burnt out? Do you wake up in the morning going like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm so overloaded. I'm not getting the return I want. Then, you know, that you're stuck with those limited beliefs around that it's possible to make easy money. Another one that I see is not finishing anything. They'll start all of these strategies that they have learned or are taught and they don't quite complete anything. Why do you think people do that? In a lot of ways, it's because people give up way too fast and because they're taking on way too much. So that combination of if you're taking on, so let's, let's give this real quick in law of attraction, when you give a scattered message, the universe doesn't know how to bring to you what you're asking for because you're not clear. So if, if there's a lack of clarity in what you're saying you want, then you're not getting anything brought to you in, a, in an abundant way because there's nowhere for your thoughts to be abundant in a specific direction, right? And mm-hmm. so what happens is people go, oh, I want this and I want that and this and that. And they start a project and they've got their hands in 15 projects. And so that all of that scattered energy leads to little success in all of those projects instead of big success in one project and then adding as you go. So it's that it's really the scaling up mentality where you go like, let's get you hyper-focused in one area, get you really successful there. What that does is creates a positive feedback loop 
in your brain where you can then start to see for yourself, oh, I follow through on what I say I do. I can make this be successful or, or I can create this to be successful. I can have fun doing it. I don't have to take on everything and burn myself out. And, and I can say all these things because I did it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, when I started my business, I did everything I was seeing and, and I was successful in the financial way where I broke through to six figures mm-hmm. in the first year. And I worked a lot to do that. And I also uh, luckily had broken through some of my money blocks of not charging what I'm worth. I see a lot of coaches not charge what they're worth. And then they've got to work, you know, triple quadruple as hard in order to make ends meet. And then they have, they, they just don't feel good about what they're doing. They start to get resentful of their clients. And then they, they start, usually what happens is they have one-on-one clients. They don't charge enough. So they start building a side something like a course or something like that, because they're like, I got to make money a different way, but then they never finish because they're overwhelmed with the amount of clients they need to take on to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Why aren't people charging what they're worth in the first place? Oh, such a great question. And happens to most people I see become entrepreneurs. <laughs> it, it ultimately, it comes down to believing in yourself, not believing in yourself and self-worth and, and not valuing yourself and not knowing what to charge, not knowing how to talk about it. So it's all these blocks around a big things around imposter syndrome fears. Like they go, I'm new at a coach. I shouldn't charge that much because I don't totally think I know what I'm doing, even though they do. And typically, and, and then you know, so the sales fears of asking, even asking for money, a lot of coaches do do it for free. So they're spending Mm -hmm. their life energy, giving away free work because they don't see their value. How do we get somebody to see their value? I'm thinking of a client that I have, and she went on a discovery call. It was supposed to be a discovery call and she didn't pitch at the end. She had an amazing call with this person and she was too afraid to talk about money and she ended up just ending the call awkwardly. How can we help somebody with that? It happens all the time that, you know, this reminds me of, I was at a workshop once big workshop, like it was a uh, Brendan Burchard. So it wasn't even really a workshop. It was like a seminar, you know, mm-hmm. he does like thousands of people and he had a speaker on and it was his first time speaking. And you, and, and now I see it so clearly when I was there, I thought, wow, he is some serious sales fears. And it was interesting because I thought, oh, he could have been coached on that, but he got up there nominal presentation, like blowing people away. And then when it came to the money for the app, Ask, you know, the offer, mm-hmm. he just shrunk. Like you could see, you could feel him shrink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what most people do, right? They're just like your client. They're on that one-on-one call. They're having great connected conversation. And the person that they're on this, on the call with is like, oh my God, this is amazing transformation. You know, you have that powerful conversation then is the next step of you going like, and here's what I charge for it in equivalent exchange, this money confidence, the sales confidence that you feel like I know what I'm worth. I know that what I have brings value to the table and here's what it costs. And your certainty needs to be so powerful in in the way that you project yourself that the person on the other end is like, absolutely. Yes. Where do I pay you? How can I pay you immediately? And, and it, I will say for some people, it takes, a, it, it's practice, some of it's practice, but it's really working on your money box. So people need to start to understand what caused me to start to be afraid about selling in the first place. So I always have people start with, you know, give, go scan your life history and look at where you judged people as being slimy salespeople, because that's usually what it is, right? They go, mm-hmm. 
oh, I don't like to be sold to. I don't want people to think I'm a sleazy salesperson. Oh, I'm not supposed to be charging because it's a spiritual process. If I charge, if I charge too much, people will think I'm a greedy jerk, like all of those money blocks that come up. So people want to start picking those apart and really asking themselves, what do I believe about? And the word sales just gives me an icky feeling just hearing that word. So I always say, just turn it into something else. Like you're helping someone, you're serving someone. That's what you're, that's what you're here for. Don't think of it as selling, think of it as helping people. And I, I, I think money blocks is so interesting because it's not cookie cutter. It's different for everybody. And that moment for you, when you were a child and somebody mentioned something about money, or you were around a family who had this big idea about money that, that can, that does change how you feel. Cause you weren't born thinking about money and bills and how much you can make. You're like, you didn't care, right? You just wanted to be fed and loved and that was it. And then everything changes as you grow and you hear these things and it's no one's fault. I always say that, you know, people will, you know, attack their parents because their parents always complained about money. And I said, it's not your parents' fault. They did their best. Right. So think of it in a different way, right? That's there for a reason. How do now, if you recognizing all these moments in your life, you're going through the tapes and you're, you're spotting everything, you're writing them down. Then what do you do? Yeah, this so so I have people write a money story, and I have a I have a uh, I, I I have everyone I work with write a money story for this exact reason you're saying because we get money downloads when we're kids and we integrate them in a way that is it, it, we're like a sponge and we absorb everything we have no way to discriminate is that true is that a belief I want to carry it just goes into our subconscious and so then we carry that through in our life and then when we go to sell whatever download we got as a kid will come up. And so everybody has money blocks and you're exactly right. You don't need to blame your parents. That's not going to do anyone any good. They did the Mm -hmm. best that they knew how to do. What you need to do is get conscious. One of my favorite quotes of all time is Carl Jung. He says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And so my job as a money healer is to help people bring to their conscious awareness what they believe to be true about money so that then they can consciously choose, do I want to carry this belief into the future or do I want to create a new one? And so something else you said that's really important is, you know, thinking that sales is icky is going to cause sales problems for people. And instead, I tell people to reframe it to, I want, I am a badass, incredible sales machine because people who know how to sell and people who enjoy selling, they are highly successful. And so you've got to reframe your thinking about what sales means and not think of it in a negative way, especially in some ways when we say serving our clients. And I do, I use that word too. Sometimes the problem with that is, is that when people go, I want to serve my clients, it has a, in some ways, a subservient feel to it. Mm. And so then they feel like they don't want to charge for it because you think about, you know, I'm a servant, I'm not getting paid a lot. And so we got to be really thoughtful about the way we think about these things and very conscious so that we can go, Hey, I own that. I'm a badass salesperson and I'm, mm-hmm. I don't have any embarrassment or shame or guilt or fear around it. I sell because I care. And I sell because I know that what I have is like desert in the water. It is like water in the desert for you. Like what I have is going to help you transform your life to where you will never be the same. And because I help you do that, absolutely. I deserve to get paid well for that because that leads you to a wealthy, incredible, fulfilling life. So you're paying for that transformation. Absolutely. It's all about the transformation. And I said, you're, I always say you're going to get so good at this 
people, your clients, your potential clients will be pitching themselves to you. They're going to try to make their life seem so bad. They, <laughs> they just need you to help them. They're going to try to convince you and you won't even have to do it anymore. Once you portray that confidence, yes. I, I think there goes to say about, we can get to the 100,000 and we can remove the money blocks and keep on trucking. And then other things are going to come up. What kind of things do you see for 100,000 and up coaches, entrepreneurs out there? What kind of money blocks creep in then? I see most commonly with them is the stuckness around thinking that they've got to work 10 times as hard to get to the next level. So they go, oh my God, it took me this amount of work you know, it, let's say they're coming to me, they already have a six figure business and they want to get to the next level. Let's say it's 250, 500, a million. And they go, I worked my butt off to get to this place. There's no way that I can put in 10 times the amount of effort to get the ROI that I need out of my business to up level it or double it. And so they have this belief, like the only way to make more money is to work harder. And, and, and also they have the fears around asking for more money. Right. So they go, Oh, I can't, I can't uplevel my, my, what I ask my clients to pay me because I've already been charging this amount. And so if they don't see the value in it and they don't want to uplevel, then I got to find all new clients instead of going back to your current clients and knowing ways to strategically ask for what you're worth in an up-leveled way. So I see them getting really stuck in this old mindset of like, oh, it's again, imposter syndrome, right? It's just the next level imposter syndrome. So they go, okay, now I see that I can build a six-figure business. Now, when I want to go to seven, how do I up-level the perception of myself as a seven-figure coach versus a six-figure coach? And how do I charge for what I'm worth at that price? And what kind of systems do I put in place to scale to that level with ease and joy? So it's not me working all the time and feeling really overwhelmed and and stressed out by my business. Yes. It's, it's taking a situation. It took me all of these hours and days and blood, sweat and tears to get to where I am. So now I have to do the math and multiply it. So that means that it's going to be this. And that feels very impossible for a lot of people. If that's the way you're looking at it. Yeah. And why do you think that we're so afraid to raise our prices? I always talk to my coaches and say, you know, every quarter or just when it feels right, you know, raise your prices. And I, I go through that too, where I think, okay, it's about time. My prices go up, but what if this is the end? What if this is when no one will book any time with me? What if I, what if I lower them back? People say, and then I'll get my clients back. And they're so afraid to just backspace, hit a bigger number, put something higher on their website. That can be so scary to do. And how do you know when it feels right? I always say, just go with your intuition. Like, what is your intuition telling you? Like, yep, it's time. Let's do it. What's your advice? Well, I tell people when they've got the model, let's say they're a, a coach who does one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. I say to start that way is really powerful because it, when you charge what you're worth, you don't need to have that many clients to make a six-figure business work. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the the point when you go, oh my God, I'm maxed out in my load and I don't, I can't 10X my clients to 10X my business. Then that's when it's time to then shift your model from one to one to one to few and then one to many, right? And so there is a maximum amount of money that you can charge for a Mm one-on-one client, right? Like at some point you are going to cap out um, 
sure, when you get huge, you can charge people, you, you know, you can have $100,000 a year, $200,000 a year clients. That That is absolutely possible. It's just that you've got to learn how to build scalable models because your hours for dollars model isn't going to get you to the level you want to get to in an easy way. You know, so I tell people, okay, well, how many one-on-one clients do you want? And how, how much time freedom do you want? And how much money do you want to make? And we reverse engineer a model from there because you always want to be thinking, you know, lifestyle, right? You want to be thinking how many hours a week do I want to work? How many hours a week do I want to be doing my life? And and for some people, they want to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. They enjoy it. That works for them. Mm -hmm. For some people, they go, oh, you know, I would ideally like to work 10 hours a week. That's going to be different for every single person. So you've got to develop your business, the, the way that you run your business around that and make decisions from that place. If you're a person that loves working with one-on-one clients and that's all you want to do, then yeah, you got to keep up leveling if you want to up level your income. If you're a person who goes, oh, you know, I could see myself doing some one-on-one, some group, some, some online courses, then you scale up your programs over time. That's very freeing to hear because it, it means that you can kind of design your business the way you want. It doesn't have to be exactly this. And if you don't do it this way, then it's not going to work. It's, I, I love that because it makes it feel more creative and I like to be creative with my business. And I know that's the reason why we start our businesses is to be creative and to, and to, and to be the boss. We don't have to create a business and then have to follow some model that doesn't feel right for us. So I like that. I uh, want to go back to that conflicting, how did you say it? Conflicting commitments? Is that what, what uh, you said? Com- competing commitments. Competing, well, conflict, conflicting, competing. Yeah, very, yeah same thing. <laughs> I really like that. One thing that I see a lot is, and even with with me or with, with launching or all those big moments in a coach's life, we have these big dreams. And I remember always having these big number launches in my head or, Mm -hmm. um, and when that happens, that will mean this for me. And when we set these big things for us and what, what will that mean? Here's an example. Let's say I have a goal to hit a hundred thousand dollars this month, right? And if that happens, then I will quit my job, for example, right? So that's a great example of that conflict, conflicting moment there. What, what if I really don't want to quit my job? Or what if I don't really want to hire a team member? And we set these big goals out because we're seeing all of them on social media or online or just hearing things pumped into our brains all the time. How do we, how do we distinguish what, what do we really want when we have all these blocks? I'm kind of making this a messy question, but we don't know what we really want until we actually try to go get it. Right. Yeah. But if, if, if we set out these goals and we cookie cutter the goals, they're not going to happen. I'm trying to say they're not (laughs) going to happen because it's not really what we want. Do you see what I mean? Well, what you're talking about is alignment, right? So Mm -hmm. um, when you don't, when you eliminate your competing commitments, it's because you're aligned. So, and, and you know, you're aligned when you feel good and you know, you're aligned when you give yourself permission to be exactly who you are and do exactly what you want in your zone of genius. And you let go of everyone else's rules and judgments and 
you know, everything they're telling you to do. And this is interesting because, you know, as coaches and let's say even as consultants, so I do a mix of coaching and consulting in a coaching way, you're helping people discover who they are and what they really want Mm -hmm. in a consulting way. You're telling them what to do. They're paying you for your knowledge and and telling them what you, what to do. The thing is you've got to become aware enough of what makes you feel good in order to hire the right consultants and the right coaches. And that's all a discovery process, you know? So I'd say for someone who's learning this and they're going like, God, I, I don't know exactly what I want. Start asking for clarity, like ask, you know, whatever you do, pray, meditate, ask mm-hmm. the universe, whatever it is, like ask for clarity, ask like, what am I really good at? And what do I love to do? And a fun exercise to start to get there. I have people write down, you know, just journal about this question. If I had a billion dollars, what would I do with my time? Not what would I do with the money, but what would I do with my time? And that billion dollars is just, you know, it's just an arbitrary number of it's a dollar amount that would give you such freedom that you really don't ever need to think about money again. And so, you know, let people go like, okay, if I were really, really financially free, what would I do with my time and start doing more of those things on that list that you create, because that's going to be your clue as to what is in your zone of genius, because anything that's highest on our value system, which is your highest zone of genius activities are going to be things you spontaneously do without any outside force or push, and you, they will have you feeling good. So this could look like in your business, you break it down and you go do a drop ad list and go, what do I love doing every day that I just enjoy and do more of that? And then on the other side, what do I dislike doing every day and write all of it down and then start either dropping, automating or delegating those things. And this will help you get more and more refined into understanding what you actually want. Most people, I mean, you're so right, Lindsay, like I'd say (laughs) one of the trickiest things that people get stuck in is not knowing what they want. They think they do, but it's that they've been told by so many outside forces, what they should do, that they have a hard time clarifying what they want. And I can say, this has happened to me in the past as well. You know, I've, you think, oh, I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to do this and this and that. And you start doing it and it might be fun. And then after a while, it's like, oh, this isn't that fun anymore. That's okay. You're in discovery. Now pivot as quickly as you possibly can into things that bring you more joy. And what will happen on your upward spiral of growth in building your business? I think of it as a spiritual process, building Mm -hmm. a business, because you discover so much about yourself and you learn what is it that I'm really good at? What do I really enjoy? What do I really like? What do I really do that brings huge impact to the world? And coaches care. They have huge hearts. Like Mm -hmm. I've never met a coach that doesn't have a huge heart because that's the reason they want to do it. You, you know, most people, that's why they're right. in the game. And so they want to really be able to be fully expressed. And when you're in that space of the fullest expression of yourself and really allowing yourself to do what you enjoy, that's when you have the greatest money-making potential because you're the most magnetic. And in terms of the law of attraction, you will attract things more easily. So you work less, you know, so an example in my business is be, would be every year I work less and I make more and I have more fun. So it's not that I have up-leveled my income by working more. It's that I've up-leveled my income by having more fun, which attracts more money, which allows me to work less because I've refined over the years, understanding like, oh, this is what I like to do. Oh, this is who I like to work with. Oh, this is really my zone of genius. So interesting because 
sometimes we hold off on doing the things that we really love until we get to a point. But (laughs) I love how you said, just start doing it now and start doing those little things that you can do. You know, like for me, it's more time with my kids. It's, it's certainly not glamorous, but that's what I want. And I don't care if that doesn't align with everyone else or whatever I'm hearing. I just want to spend more time with my kids. I just want to spend more time in the kitchen, do making things with my kids and, and making a mess and, and then eating it. That's what we like to do. And if I can have more time to do that, then that's awesome. And I'm going to attract people who have those values because I'm being honest with what I really want. Yes. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I love what you said at the beginning of that statement, because that almost everybody thinks this way. It's, you know, have, do, be, instead of be, do, have, they think, oh, once I get to this level of income, I'll start doing what I want to do. And the problem with that is in in universal laws and the way that they work, it's impossible to get what you want doing what you don't want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many people are unhappy. Yeah. That's they think, oh, once I get there, I'll do the happy thing. And it's the opposite. You've got to do the happy thing to attract more of the happy thing. It's like holding off on buying yourself a nice outfit because you don't think you look good enough for it. And then you just wear (laughs) dumpy clothes because you don't deserve it. Yes. Or, or this is a good one. It's really obvious to people uh, thinking like, oh, I'll go to the gym once I learn, lose 20 pounds. (laughs) Yes. I'll start working out once I start eating better. Exactly. (laughs) Like it just doesn't make sense, but it's what we do in our business all the time. Mm -hmm. We think like, oh, once I get to this level of income, I'll start enjoying what I do in my business. And, and who wants to create a prison out of their business? Like Mm -hmm. why do that to yourself? This, the fun of being an entrepreneur is that you get to be creative. You get to create your lifestyle the way you want to. And most people struggle with that because they create so much stress around all of the shoulds and all of the shiny object syndrome and all the things they've been told that then they don't enjoy their business. And it takes them five times as long to grow it because they don't feel good about any of it. Mm -hmm. I think they're also afraid of it failing if they do let go and accept, okay, this is what I want. It might not work, right? There's no guarantees that if you decide this is what you want and you're happy and, and whatever, it might not work the way you want it to. And I, I always say that's good because we don't know everything and we have to just enjoy the ride. And that's, that's so not fun to hear to so many people who are trying so hard to make this work, but what's your final uh, words of wisdom to that point? (laughs) Yeah. Remember it's a journey of clarification. You're and the clearer you get, the faster you can create ease and flow and joy in your zone of genius. So allow yourself to take steps in the direction of what you, what you think you want to create. And then get clearer about what you know you want to create and then clarify what you say you want, right? So you go, oh, I think I want, let, let's say an example of like, I want to be a YouTube influencer. And you start making YouTube videos and you start putting them out there and you do it for a year. And then all of a sudden you start podcasting and you realize, oh, wait, I actually really like podcasting. And you start doing that. You could either look at that as shiny object syndrome, or you could look at it as like, oh my God, I learned through YouTube that I enjoy podcasting. Mm. right and so and I've done this in my business it's funny that I've done the opposite I started my podcast and then all of a sudden now I'm going like oh I'm hitting YouTube hard because oh let's let's build YouTube next it's the next fun quest for me mm. and and I don't I don't feel like a failure I don't go oh my god everyone's gonna think that I'm I'm 
I've failed. I just go like, oh, I discovered myself. Mm -hmm. This is really what life is about, right? Like self-discovery. So just enjoy the process more and allow yourself to pivot. If you see yourself in the habit of always pivoting before anything gains traction, that's a different issue, right? That's you. I, I would say you have a lot of fears going on there. And if you're not willing to take any steps in the direction of what you say you want to create and you procrastinate and you have, you're stuck in perfectionism and, and you don't release things because they're not perfect yet, you know, that's a different issue. And so, you know, you've got to be the person who is a, the greatest detective of yourself and master yourself. No one else can do every single part of this for you. Yes, coaches are awesome. Good coaches are amazing at helping you draw that out and having you speed the process, which is why you would hire a coach and why I think everybody should have a coach. Mm -hmm. And, but like, you've still got to do the inner reflective work to dig in and be willing to look at yourself and take leaps and take risks and, and jump into the unknown and, and develop your confidence over time and refine to where then you get to have, I call it the pinchable life. Like I have a pinchable life. Mm -hmm. Like I love what I do. I, I have a, a, I I just got married in Hawaii. It was amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I have like, I have so many good things happening in my life and my, my business grows every year. I play more. I have, and I play in my business and I, I pivot things all the time. And I just go, Oh, okay. I learned this in 2021. This was my main lesson. And now in 2022, here's what I create. Mm. And so just be willing to play more. Like people get so serious. And I I know money is a scary thing. I get it. I was on food stamps. Like I've been in the survival mode, like literally where I didn't know how I was going to feed my kids and didn't know where I was going to live. That's a scary place to be. And if you're in that place, I also sometimes tell people get a side, a, a job while you're building your business. Like don't ever, yes. don't, don't build a business from a place of such scarcity that you don't know how you're going to feed yourself because then that energy gets projected mm-hmm. to the people you're, you're on a call with and they can feel it a mile away or a million oh miles gosh, away. Yes. <laughs> so oh, that like, smell of despair. Like yes. you need to book me right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. People feel that you, and the reason they feel it is because you feel it. If you feel desperate, you're sending desperate energy. So, you know, take care of your, your baseline needs first so that you can then attract people through, through bringing service and value and service, like bringing, let's say strategies and value to them. Thank you for saying that. No one talks about that. If you don't build your business on its own relying on nothing, you have to have something to support you and, and your business as well. I mean, I, I still have my nine to five and I, I enjoy it right now. I'm enjoying it. So why I'm not going to get rid of something that I enjoy, but I wouldn't have been able to grow my business in the way that I did without it. We had a guest on a few months ago and I, I think I quote her on almost every episode now. Cause it's so funny. I said, what do you say to the person who has that feeling of despair and they're trying to run their business and they need to book their client because they don't have any money coming in. And she said, get a job. And it was like, exactly. Yeah. Have something to help you do this. So you are not giving off that, that stench of despair and desperation. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. In some instances, I tell people take the leap, go for it. That's if they have huge savings or they have very low, like for me, when I took the leap, I, I had a couple months of savings for, of living. I lived very cheaply at the time because I was used to food stamps. I was used to very low income from Mm -hmm. being a graduate instructor. And so I was like, okay, I've got two months to make this amount of money back. 
And I did it because it, because my lifestyle was set up for that. If someone like I have had people come to me before who, you know, they had corporate jobs and they're like, I want to quit and I want to be a coach. You know, what's the transition process here? I want to quit now. And I'm like, well, do you have savings? Do you, do you, are you willing to spend that savings on building your business? How many months of saving? Like it, you gotta, you gotta make sure you set yourself up for success by not putting yourself into like intense intense amygdala, like animal brain response mm-hmm. where you go into fight, flight, freeze, because the second you do that, everything's going to be 50 times harder. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Oh, I love this conversation, Amanda. Can you share with everyone how they can find more about you? Yes. One thing I have that's so fun. It's my new signature program. It's called charge what you're worth bootcamp. So really, really fun process of walking online entrepreneurs, a lot of coaches, coach types, let's say, mm-hmm. who learn manifestation strategies, practical manifestation strategies, understand how to unblock their money blocks, get really conscious about their relationship to money, heal those money blocks so that then they can talk about what they're worth in ways that don't scare them. So they overcome their sales fears. They learn how to talk about it. They get tons of direct interaction with me and it's a really cool program. So if they go to, for that one, it's charge what you're worth bootcamp.com. Um, but everything I offer for a whole bunch of awesome free stuff, all kinds of good stuff is on my website. If they go to nfamoney.com. So nfamoney.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for spending time with me and sharing all of this. It was really fun chatting with you and everyone, please go to Amanda's website and go join her program. So you can get through this with actual support. You don't have to do this on your own. Amanda, thank you again for being here with us and everyone go show her some love on social media. Are you on Instagram or anything like that? So they can find you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely hit me up on Instagram, NFA money. Okay. Perfect. Easy peasy. Thank you, Amanda. And YouTube NFA. Oh, and YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put all the links in the show notes. And thank you again, Amanda, for being with us. Thank you. Before you go, I want to invite you to join my free Facebook group for coaches. Simply type dreamclientcommunity.com in your browser, request access, and we'll happily let you in. We have amazing coaches in there just like you who are starting and scaling their business, and we would love to see you there.